Hey, Eric, uh, make sure you make us look better. Okay, <laughs> here we go. All right. Hey, everybody. Did you ever have that uncle that uh, was kind of weird at a family gathering? And everybody, I am that uncle. Anyway, I, I don't need to know that. But then you, everybody in the family started digging for carpet and running away when he started out the joke saying, there's these three people that walked into a bar. I happen to have two of those other, and we're all podcasters. Three podcasters walk into a bar. This is our weekly edition. And let me introduce my other two compadres. I've got the david blackman he's the podcast host for the energy question and i mean this man's about town kind of guy not like frankenstein out of gene wilder's movie uh young frankenstein welcome david thank you well thank you i appreciate you calling me not young frankenstein that's quite the compliment <laughs> well, you but don't i am have the crazy gene, uncle yeah. yeah yeah the crazy uncle but you don't have gene wilder's hair uh that's so, right that's right uh, oh, I'm and i don't have the the bald headed guy's hair either. So, all right, now you're rubbing it in. Yeah, see. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, now uh, we got RT. He's one of them big executive EMP operators. He is the podcast host for the Energy Truth. I mean, the Crude Truth. Man, uh, it is great to see you, RT. How in the hay is the oil patch? Oh man, uh, doing well uh, up in North Texas. Got rained out yesterday, um, but uh, but doing doing well today. Hopefully it'll dry up and get back out there. Um, and yes, uh, I'm the po host of the Crude Truth, which uh, we do our best to try to drop one episode every week if we can. Um, but uh, right now, I'm excited to be here with my two compadres, my two amigos, uh, Stu Turley and <laughs> David Blackman, on three podcasters walking to a bar where we get to kind of let loose a little bit and if we're lucky we might even get to see david blackman smile and been uh, smiling man what do you want <laughs> i i gotta admit both of us since we've been doing this for quite a while and we're on this will be episode i think 25 or something uh david you're finally smiling and, yes. and for our podcast yeah. listeners our podcast is going nuts off of wherever you do it so we need to start letting our producers know to put in a beep anytime that david <laughs> smiles uh because david's the crude uh the uh energy question is going absolutely bonkers and then the energy transition weekly is going absolutely bonkers as well too so you know it's that one's fun too yes uh, i smile a, a lot in that one too it's well, a, his energy transition uh that's with uh it's a really great one uh, yeah with armando and, and yeah. you really get a great idea of what's not just going on here in America, but what's going on all over the world. And and what makes it unique is all his uh, uh, hosts, Irina Slav, Tammy Nemeth, and Armando, um, they all are in areas that also have very much to do with the oil and gas industry. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, I'm actually uh, having them all on my uh, Energy Question podcast here during the month of May. Uh, catching up with everybody individually. So that'll be fun too. And I'll tell you what, you've got one stalker that's fairly consistent on bugging you guys during yeah. the thing. And I wonder what <laughs> LinkedIn guy that's available live on uh, YouTube and LinkedIn and RT, you gotta be there. I jump in, in there and I bug them. And I finally say, David Blackman's smiling today, or he looks awful or David Blackman needs to trim his nose hairs. And I mean, Armando <laughs> loves it. 
So you got four industry leaders uh, out there in the industry thought leadership. Hey guys, uh, David is one of the best. Uh, I get my fix every day with energy absurdity of the day. Yes. His Forbes article. I mean, I want to do just drive down the street, give him a hug. I got one for you though. This one was kind of fun the other day. Let me read you the title. Ford loses nearly 60,000 for every electric vehicle sold. You know, I thought renewable energy was supposed to be sustainable. I don't know about you guys, but I have no idea how somebody could be sustainable at losing $60,000 for every EV you sell. Last time I checked, it was supposed to be for for profit. If you think about it, the other story about Ford and their EV business last month was that they weren't hardly selling any EVs. So if they're losing 60 grand on every one they sell, you know, that kind of minimizes the loss because they're not selling too many of them. But yeah, you know, and it's it's all about uh, feeding at the trough of the federal subsidies. And uh, that's the only thing keeping them afloat right now. That plus their gas powered F-150s that they sell thousands and thousands of every day. Oh, you know, we're sitting here in RT, we were looking at the stats and it said the uh, Calatin plant would have a production capability of 210 Mach-E's, which is their electric car, and 150,000 F-51, F-50 Lightnings. Um, Hmm. (laughs) That's a lot of money to lose. (laughs) Well, you know... uh, this also goes to show that you know the subsidies are key here. That's the only way Ford's actually making a dollar off of each one of these is through subsidies, which are you know our tax dollars going to a multi-billion-dollar corporation. Um, but also that you know what the market is not ready for electric vehicles. Capitalism is king, okay. And since you cannot make a dollar off of renewables like electric or wind, um, there's only way that you're going to win in that scenario is through these subsidies. So, you know, until we can figure out, uh, getting back to it, lost my train of thought, uh, until we can figure out a way. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. 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 <laughs> but no, until we can actually figure out a way to make these things uh, profitable wind and solar and electric electric and more importantly in this topic electric vehicles are not the way to go in a capitalistic world now we want to go to a socialist communist 1984 orwellian orwellian style um universe then absolutely this is the way to go let the government pay for all the vehicles and tell us what to do and when you know, uh, David, what do you think about China? Because China has got such an, a big EV uh, car a head start on a lot of things yeah. because they can produce all their electricity with one new coal fire plant per week going in. Uh, so yeah. I think EVs make a lot of sense if you can fire them up by coal. Well, look at look, yeah, that and look what else they control. They control the supply chains for all the energy minerals that go into the EV batteries and and the wind turbines and the solar panels. They make the solar panels, they make the wind turbines, they make millions of electric vehicles that they're selling, making huge inroads to selling in South America and Europe and other parts of the world. 
So yeah, I mean, this is a bonanza for China. I mean, a bonanza, huge b- bonanza. Yeah, bonanza. bonanza. Uh, a windfall. Is that, like a, is that like a bidet? A bit. Well, no. A bidet. Bidet. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, I, I want to get back to this bonanza real quick, and I, I'm about to <laughs> be embarrassed here. Um, when you say I'll be bonanza, little Joe, I, I get to be little Joe. Okay, well, that's fine. And I'll be uh, my favorite was Adam all the time, always okay. dressed in black. And I was like, that, that guy makes two Hoss. That means yeah, Stu I'm is Hoss, baby. Yeah. Hoss yeah, yeah. was cool, baby. Stu's Hoss, Hoss, yeah, Stu is definitely. But that's all I think of when I hear the word bonanza. But but I guess bonanza means a plethora. Is that, is that what it means? <laughs> a plethora? Well, kind of, yeah. A plethora. Hey, you, you're quoting from my, my favorite movie of all time, Three Amigos. And, and if we're going to do Three Amigos, I want to be El Guapo. That's all. <laughs> that's my only qualifier. Oh, he, El Guapo. Because uh, that, that means is... the handsome one in Spanish, you know. So that's but, me. But would, but would you say that you have a plethora of gifts? A piñatas. A plethora of piñatas. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, anyway. my, you know, my name, that is yeah, one of my, my favorite movies of all time. Oh, as well. God. Quote that. And, but when you go back and watch it, it's like you just shake your head with, with <laughs> the wrongness. You know, it's kind of like. When, oh, like, no, when you was, couldn't make it anymore. But. No, you couldn't. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I really describe it like the early 90s Saturday Night Live. I'd watch it in the early yeah. 90s and laugh, not really getting it. Then you become, you know, a, a teenager and, and grow up <laughs> in your 20s. You're like, oh, my God, really? Is that what I was laughing at? I love Martin Short. Go back and watch The Magnificent Seven with Steve McQueen and Yul Brynner, and it makes Three Amigos just that much more fun. But you know, Three Amigos is the same plot. It's the it's a remake of The Magnificent Seven. That's what plot. Yeah, and and it's the funniest script ever written. I finally understood the Three Amigos because I'm Hoss and I'm stupid. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I love how we go from Bonanza to Three Amigos. But no, like, you know, when you look at A Magnificent Seven, there's a scene where they're eating the food and they go, this village is starving. They're poor. And they give all the food back to the villagers. Yeah. And in Three Amigos, Chevy Chase can't even make a taco. (laughs) And he goes, do you have anything besides Mexican food? I personally just watched um, uh, Blazing Saddles with my dad, and uh, he happens Talk to be about a movie you can't make anymore. Oh yeah. no! It, but oh. their fireside scene was a classic. Yeah. yeah. Mel Brooks was ahead of his time, and uh, uh, he really was. They just got done doing a new History of the World uh, Part Two, and they got a bunch of today's comedians that, in my opinion, are very much further to the left. Uh-huh. And it's just not quite the same as uh, the original history. Yeah, I, I can't really see how they could even do a representative job on a sequel to that movie now. It's, it was uh, rough. It was yeah. a little rough. Yeah. My but favorite anyways, scene, though, my favorite line from Three Amigos is, is Chevy Chase sitting there with his girlfriend. And uh, his girlfriend looks at him and says, would you like to kiss me on the veranda, Ned? And he looks at her, at her and says, no, nah, the lips will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no. okay, enough enough Three Amigos talk. Um, well, speaking David, of Three uh, Amigos, what? you know, the wind, solar, and electric race, um, <laughs> they're having a tough time, especially here in Texas right now. Did y'all, First of all, did y'all know that Texas has four of the world's largest wind turbine farms here, right here in Texas? 
I didn't know that, but a uh, drive through West Texas, you know, it certainly wouldn't surprise you. No, well, and, and only 10% of it works. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll fact check you on that one, but I know it's not a lot. Well, it was $3 that. billion dollars to get the transmission lines from West Texas to East Texas. Wow. And uh, on that, I had interviewed uh, Robert Bryce and uh, Meredith Anglin on and they had some stats on the grid. Great interview, by the way, Stu. Anyway, go yes. ahead. Thank you. That was them. Well, hey, <laughs> uh, way to go, uh, Stu. That, that will get a great interview. No, on my Substack, uh, I, I wrote, uh, had an article regarding how the Texas wind farms, and they're coming out with a study that actually the temperature has risen. Yeah, the temperature has gone up in areas of this wind farm. And, uh, you know, what they're looking at here is that actually the hot air, because, you know, as we all know, hot air rises, the wind farm and those wind turbines are actually bringing the air back down, uh, cooling or heating up the surface. Uh, so not only are we heating up the surface, but let's be real. These wind turbines have such a large footprint from shipping them on 18 wheelers to the cranes needed to set them all up to the concrete, large concrete pad that they're going to be on forever uh, and all the oil that's needed to continue to keep it lubricated to go in a circle. These are large footprints already. And it's actually warming up the, uh, the surface, which means uh, it's going to be harder for uh, vegetation to grow in these areas where these farmers have allowed wind farms to be. What a, what a, what a mess. It really, it really, really is. Just real quick. Uh, um, I've been doing a lot of number crunching and I finally got a hold of some folks. Meantime, between failure on a uh, also is tied to when it is monetized or when it goes out. You have a couple features. Uh, 10 years to 12 years is when carbon net zero actually comes into a wind farm. So it takes 10 years for that uh, wind farm to 12 years to become carbon net zero to generate carbon free electricity um, because you have diesel, you have ships, you have manufacturing, you have steel, you have concrete. So 10 years, they say they yeah. will last tw 10 to uh, 30 years. Okay. My numbers have come out with, are you ready? Oh, hello kitty for our podcast listeners. Max hates wind power. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have a beautiful cat lined up here and uh, RT, keep your jokes to yourself. And and so now my numbers are, have been showing less than 10, closer to eight. And I got quoted yesterday and it's pretty cool. My, and they even had other numbers that validated my numbers. So this is kind of cool. Not really. So we spent trillions of dollars putting out these wind farms. The cost of electricity goes up. And then, oh, by the way, they only last eight years in the instead of 25. Right. And they're two years shy of becoming net zero. Uh, and then they kill kill the whales in the um, bird. Right. And, and yeah. so let's save. let's let oil save the whales again. Two times. All right, David. I'm sorry. And RT, I'll shut up. Oh, no, that's that's good. Good. Very <laughs> philosophical, Stu. I'm proud of you. It's like like uh it almost makes me emotional. 
I'm, I'm getting over Clint. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I will say this. I, I, I'm just happy to see that uh, uh, David's rubbing off on Stu a little bit there. You know? Absolutely. I don't want David rubbing up on me like a cat. No. He said off, not up. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Well, my our cat was David, rubbing up on my leg. That's why I had to pick him up. I don't want to go there. I okay. Would, now, and that was a cute cat, though, for our podcast listeners. Good looking devil, isn't he? He is. <laughs> Did you call RT good looking? No, my cat. Max. Oh, hey, Max. Dang. Okay. I'm over. I'm about to throw up. Now, David, you RT, that was some great stuff that you brought up. Great Substack. Everybody, it's crude truth at Substack.com. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that is correct. I, I enjoy uh, most of the time I try to put something on there, uh, but I know the other day, uh, um, Monday was a pretty busy day, so I pulled a great article from oilprice.com about Exxon, and uh, I even had a chance to talk to David about that one, uh, that, uh, you know, Exxon is, you know, they're sitting on this hash of, like, I want to say over $50 billion. That's a B with a B, <laughs> if I'm correct. It's definitely more than 40 I think. It's a lot and, of money. Uh, a lot of a lot of money, yeah. What's well, a few uh, billion between friends. <laughs> right. But that they're being picky about because, you know, there's all this rumor about them uh, acquiring Pioneer and, uh, you know, are merging. But who are we kidding? You know, it, it ain't going to be a merger. I mean, uh, a merger is when you get two different companies that actually come together and, and do something, you know. But um, I, I could just see them really acquiring Pioneer more than anything else. Probably let them run it the way they were uh, for at least the first part, kind of like they did with XTO. But anyway, back to it. That, um, you know, when you invest $50 billion in a new asset, you really are going to be picky and you want to make sure that you're spending your money on uh, something that's going to be a home run because even a 10% loss, that's a large chunk of change when it comes to $50 billion. So that was another article. So not all my articles are 100% what I've written. Uh, Just some days, you know, uh, again, I I do drill oil wells and and, uh, rework oil wells for a living. So, Unfortunately, I just cannot write something, you know, every single day. But I do enjoy the subs. We didn't uh, know you could write, part. RT. What? We didn't know you could write. Dude, I know. He can write. He can write. But but I'm enjoying the Substack articles, uh, you know, and, and, and I know David is. And, of course, David uh, is letting his out every day. But uh, as they continue to do these little shatter bands, shadow bands on LinkedIn, uh, Substacks are really uh, going to become a great way to get information out until they truly control the internet. You know. Yeah, you can you can tell Substacks having an impact because all the other social media places are, you know, trying to shadow ban articles from there. I mean, Twitter's got all kinds of crap going on, and so yeah, people are getting worried about Substack. There's it's yeah, uh, uh, it's a different deal. Substack notes. I've just started playing with it, but it seems mm-hmm. like Substack notes. And again, I don't know, but Substack notes looks like it could be a Twitter kind of thing. Then it's or- uh, fairly similar to Twitter, the way it functions. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what Elon Musk's concern is. I, you know, I use Twitter as much as I use Substack. Frankly, I like them all. I like LinkedIn too. But LinkedIn has really started shadow banning my stuff big time. Oh, and big the, time. the founder of uh, LinkedIn, didn't I see him uh, in the news yesterday? Because he was, I think, either Epstein or left wing. I can't left wing Epstein. Uh, <laughs> I th- I'm not sure. I have to go fact check myself. But he was on Fox News 
as a person of not so savory character. You're talking about Jeffrey Epstein, right? Who yeah, did the, not the kill bad, himself, by the way. No, he, yeah. he, uh, I, we, I still want to know where Hillary was during that time period, but we'll leave that joke alone. Yeah. yeah. Hillary was far away from there. I'm, I'm, far, I'm far away. I'm sure. Far, uh, I can guarantee you that. I just, oh. I don't know. I know nothing. I don't think she was in uh, a, a fancy New York midtown jail on the day Jeffrey Epstein died. I, I, I'm pretty confident on that. <laughs> Are you saying you're her alibi? Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there, Stu. <laughs> I see what you did there, sir. I see what you did. Well, David, on your energy absurdity of the day or your article yesterday or today, could you tell us what you had? $50 trillion. A thousand times what Exxon has on hand in cash today. That's the cost of the Biden climate policy plan. Okay. Over the next 27 how, years, how much? that was tacitly confirmed, $50 trillion with a T. Confirmed by the Deputy Secretary of Energy, a fellow named David Turk, with whom I share a first name. Um, I hope that's in, a, in an exchange with Senator John Kennedy, my favorite senator from Louisiana, <laughs> David Turk basically confirmed that, that a reasonable estimate of the total cost of the Biden Energy and Climate Plan over the next 27 years is $50 trillion. Now, for some context, we've all been talking ad nauseum about last year's Inflation Reduction Act, yeah. which had $369 billion, with a B, billion dollars of green subsidies in it. $50 trillion is 135 times $369 billion. That amounts to, over 27 years, what's five times 27? A lot. 135. So the cost of the Biden energy and climate plan is five additional IRA bills passed by Congress every year for the next 27 years. It's also more than the combined gross domestic product of the United States, China, India, Japan, and Germany. Combined, that's what the Biden people expect us to pay for energy and climate policy in just 27 years. David, would that, would that not make us go broke as a nation? We, yeah, hell, we're already our, broke. I mean, it yeah, just, our, our national debt. Just what devalue we, the we, currency. But I mean, what is, what is, I want to get, okay, here's my question. It has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with the article and 50 trillion dollars what is their end game plan i mean is it this and again i don't mean to get off on it and or you know get off on a tangent or on on something crazy here but with those types of dollar amounts that you're talking about david that is just as concerning as this bricks alliance it's some okay. things that we may not be able to stop and if we and, and um so it's like, what is, is it this new world order where it's just one government is what they're trying to do? Or 
I mean, and again, I, I'm not trying to be crazy or, or go off stew-spiracy theory or anything like that. <laughs> You're bringing it up there, Sherlock. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try to assess what their end goals are. I mean, there are a lot of theories flying around about that. All I'm trying to do is convey what the actual cost of the Biden energy plan is. And it was essentially confirmed at that hearing by David Turk. The, the video's viral out there. You can go to my Substack, blackman.substack.com, and not only view the video, I compiled a transcript of that exchange for my readers, just as a service to my loyal readers. This morning, it took me about an hour and a half. And um, you can see the exchange for yourself. You don't have to believe me. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's it's just stunning. $50 trillion. Money does not grow on trees. Inflation grows on printed money. Yeah, it, it just. Exactly. I, I mean, this thing. Uh. Anyway, um, I'm trying to figure out uh, who will publish that for me. Uh, I have submitted it to the Daily Caller. Hopefully they'll publish it. If not, I'll find somebody else. We know Forbes won. I didn't say that. I haven't thought about submitting it to Forbes. I would agree. <laughs> that's a that's a chunk of change. And you know, getting back to just your article and and this 50 trillion, um, I mean, uh I believe in, in saving the planet just as much as the next person. And, and I believe in, as, as you both know, I have a, a goodness. He's almost one and a half now, one, one and a half year old boy. Um, you know, he got my name. Uh, so I'm very proud of the word legacy. I don't use it very much because I, I think that it gets played now more than it needs to be. Uh, but I enjoy hunting, fishing camping. My son, I think he would live and breathe outside and he's only eight, 17 months old. He loves it outside. I sure yeah. hope he loves looks to like be able to take uh, a deep breath of air. I sure um, hope he looks and, like he, I hope he gets his looks and brains from his mom. Oh, we all know that he definitely gets his looks from his, his mom. Uh, there's no answers <laughs> about, about that. And, uh, hope, and hopefully the brains as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but anyway, I do my best to conserve. I pick up my trash. I make sure that when we're drilling a well or reworking a well or just have crews out there, that's like, guys, let's not tear up. Let's, let's stay on the path. You know, let's let's do what we need to do. Uh, but to force this down our throats when the United States is still one of the cleanest nations in the world, has some of the cleanest air in the world. We produce uh, when our West Texas oil areas are some of the cleanest air in the world. Um, why is it that we are continuing to spend trillions with a T for the, to try to make the rest of the world do something that we just can't do? It, it blows my mind. Dude. <laughs> well, he, he uh, David Turk, Deputy Secretary, the Secretary of Energy, by the way, claimed to have COVID uh, just on that day when that hearing was being held. So, I, you know, obviously, she didn't have to be questioned uh, by Senator Kennedy. But uh, that, anyway, his, he, he pro proclaimed his belief that if the United States leads on this matter, all these other countries are going to follow. Now, do you think China and India care 
about the United when, States. When, when China is opening up a new coal plant every week, when India is doing nothing but buying cheap Russian oil, no, they don't care. And <laughs> these developing nations don't care. Why? Because oil and gas are the most inexpensive, most abundant ways for a nation to come out of poverty and into at least a developing um, status uh, in the world. And yep. that is what the good things oil and gas has done. Just look what um, uh, Kelsey Warren's done in Honduras, I think it is, with natural gas and electricity down there. Uh, I mean, he has helped out that place tremendously. Isn't that great? I think Stu's trying to signal us that we're running out of time here. We got uh, about three minutes, guys. Three. <laughs> three each. Three each. Let's go around the horn. RT, you were very articulate. You sounded great. Uh, holy smokes. Did you sleep at a Holiday Inn Express when you were out <laughs> in the field? No, What's I, no, I just had one extra day for, to prepare for uh, for our, our podcast. That, that's all. I just had that extra day. <laughs> um, and again, to our listeners out there, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, you know, and if y'all watched uh, my podcast, The Crude Truth, or David's The Energy Question, or his with uh, with the others, Any Transition, or if you listen to Stu's Daily Energy News Beat with Michael Tanner, I hope you can enjoy this one in a way that's kind of more laid back, that you can laugh along. Um, yes, these are all very serious topics, and we touch on them probably in a more serious tone on our different podcasts and TV shows. But, man, it is just so much fun to do this with uh, Stu Turley and David Blackman on a, on a daily basis. Especially, so, too. Uh, so, so please, thank you, guys. Uh, please get out there. Uh, subscribe to our to our uh, stuff. Give us only five-star reviews. Um, and um, also, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at um, David's Substack article on the $50 trillion and it says Forbes breaking news down at the bottom. So I, I, I don't know what that's about. David, your turn. I don't know either. Um, it's probably from, from some other story I did. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, so that story's out there. We, we do something new every day at Substack. Um, the energy question, my gosh, we must have recorded eight episodes last month, Stu. I, you know, I'm even doing them more frequently than a week. You're killing Just so me. many people to, to interview and so many topics to cover. Um, you know, and yeah, like RT said, please, uh, please give us a positive review whenever you like something. And when you don't like something, um, uh, you know, just, uh, stay quiet. We, you know, we don't need the yeah. bad reviews. No. And, and anyway, great. That's job. it for me. Uh, the Sandstone media looks like we're going to be hitting a million downloads here pretty quick. And you guys are all in that Sandstone media. And uh, also yesterday, uh, Energy Newsbeat had 40,000 people on it yesterday, and we got seriously attacked by 12 denial of services out there. So some, it means it's telling us that your articles, our articles, and everything out there is being attacked. Somebody doesn't like it. Sounds or, like Russian election interference. Um, hey, Stu. Uh, I don't have a laptop that was stolen. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, real quick, two things. One, a shameless plug. I've got some great people coming on the crude truth. Yes. Uh, even uh, I've got a, a railroad uh, commissioner, uh, Christian Kranich, on an episode coming up. I even have a couple of other service, oil and gas service companies uh, that are all out in West Texas. Uh, they're in the Permian Basin. 
Uh, just so excited. I mean, without service companies, we're not doing anything as operators. So I, I, I got to highlight them. Uh, now, real quick, you know, Stu, with 40,000 people looking in on Energy Newsbeat and uh, the Sandstone Group with all of our podcasts doing a million downloads, you know, are there sponsorship opportunities for, uh, for our <laughs> listeners out there? Uh, absolutely. And they can reach out to either me, you, or David. And uh, if you want to get the word out, here's where you get it out. There you go. All right. With that, guys, we're going to see you next week, but we'll even have some more entertainment next week. So oh, with that, we would hate to even think that. I know. I don't know. <laughs> how's how that possible? Any, I don't know. How we get any funnier? What's a few trillion between friends? Exactly. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Adios. Adios. Let's see here. Let me stop recording. The, That's I don't know. David, I don't know.